Today, we are not at Wellington and Dundas. We are in one of the best places that this area has. We are actually at Wellington and Bradley, or this place is so big, you could also say Wellington and Commissioners. We are at the Children's Hospital. And as you've been hearing throughout the day, as you heard from Devin Peacock on the 96 take from Craig Needles on the Craig Needles Show, this is the Chorus Radiothon for Children's. And we have the opportunity to meet so many amazing people, stories that you couldn't make up. If I gave you a pen and a paper right now and said, tell me a story, no way could you think up some of the things that have gone on, including some of the things that have happened for our first guests. But here's what we need to do. We need to let you know that we're here for a big reason. We're here because we like to meet a lot of people. We are here to tell some fantastic stories. We're also here to raise money because we have some of the best health care you can find anywhere. All you have to do is talk to somebody who's had to make use of it, and they will tell you that. It is amazing to see what can be done now. But each and every year, technology advances. Each and every year, we can do more things, but that technology does not come for free. So here is a number that I want you to, first off, think about calling, okay? one 844 Kids. It's very easy. 1-844-550-5437. Just think about it. And then here's the other half of this. Think of your streaming services that you have right now, whether it's something to listen to as you take a walk at night, maybe go to the gym. Think of sitting on the couch, maybe catching a movie or a TV show. How many of those do you have? You ever really pay attention to those coming in and out of your bank account? Probably not, because they really don't cost that much, right? Hardly cost anything. Right around 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks a month. What if you could take 10 bucks a month and you could put it into something that was changing lives? What if you could put it into something that was saving lives? That's what we're doing at Chorus Radiothon. So for $10 a month, you can help kids all year long. By calling 1-844-550-KIDS. 1-844-550-5437. Or you can make a one-time donation. It is really up to you. But if you could see it in your heart to help us out, you are going to be helping children. You are going to be helping to save lives. And joining us right now is a family that has seen up close and personal what the Children's Hospital can do. And let me tell you, I'm able to see up close and personal the amazing things that this hospital can do because joining us, we have Lexi, we have Ashton, we have their two cows. Each of them has been able to get a squishy cow. Now, do these cows have any any special powers, Lexi? Can they do anything? Can they bring us anything? Remember, we're Global mm. News Radio... Ashton, could we hear them do anything? Uh, breaking moose? Breaking moose. I like that. Well, we've got some pretty good breaking moose right here because Lexi and Ashton know a story pretty well, but they were pretty young when it was happening, uh, Lexi especially, because it, it really was happening to her. Lexi's mom, Nicole, is here as well. And, uh, well, Nicole, it was also kind of happening to you. Uh, you were pregnant, and how were things going? 
Uh, things were going well until about 24 weeks when uh, my blood pressure went through the roof. I was admitted to a, the hospital and I thought I was going to be here for about three and a half months. And unfortunately, because at this point you were, you were what, five and a half months along? Yeah, I was 24 weeks okay. into my pregnancy. Um, at 25 weeks, uh, they told me to contact my family as Lexi would have to be born. I had developed what's called HELP syndrome, and the only way to save myself and her was an emergency C-section immediately. So you were in danger too? Yes. And what was it? Obviously, the blood pressure spiking was one thing. What was um, when you have help sy syndrome? You're at risk um, for seizures. Uh, basically, my organs were shutting down. Um, the and like I said, the only way to save me was to get her out. So, did you go basically from one day feeling fine, pregnancies going fine, taking all your vitamins, to? Instantly, yep, things are I, different? I had been feeling it off for a little bit and checked my blood pressure at work because my mom used to carry a blood pressure machine in her in her purse. Thanks, Mom. So um, I checked it and couldn't believe the numbers. Uh, called my doctor and he said that I needed to come here immediately. So after coming here and being monitored for a bit, they sent me home for a couple of days just to keep an eye on my blood pressure. Unfortunately, it kept slowly going up instead of down, uh, which is when I was admitted. But like I said, I thought I was going to be here for about three and a half months. And unfortunately, it worsened and I didn't have to be here, um, but she did. So, Well, let's we go to that moment because at 24 weeks, you find out that Lexi needs to be born what goes through your mind when you hear that? Um, we were scared. Um, she, they had guesstimated she was about 520 grams. Um, she was born weighing only 500 grams, which is just over a pound. They basically told us when she was born that they usually can't save anything smaller than 500 grams, um, just due to equipment size and whatnot. Thankfully, um, they were be able to... Um, help her at birth and we watched her fight for 109 days in the NICU. So you're wondering when she is first born by C-section if the equipment will even fit? Pretty much, yeah. Um, the equipment that they have to use for babies that big is extra small. Um, just to keep her breathing is a task. If we look at some of the things that she had to go through this wasn't like well we've taken the baby and and she's now in the neonatal intensive care unit the NICU and we're just waiting for her to to grow a little bigger and then she can she can go home it I wish it like was that, that simple was no um she at a week of age she developed pneumonia sepsis um she battled through a lot she had numerous blood transfusions um, multiple different uh, types of breathing devices that she moved from one thing to another. At one point, we were brought in for a meeting to go over how bad her lungs really were. Um, but Lexi, being Lexi, decided to show us the next day that she didn't care what the doctors said and she took her breathing tube out and never needed a breathing tube again. <laughs> so she kind of did things on her on her own and continued to prove them wrong and here she is today. We're at the Children's Hospital. That's where we are today. We're here with Nicole, 
who has been telling her story. We're also here with Ashton and with Lexi. And this is radio, so I want you to know that Lexi right now does not look like someone who has had any of those complications at any time in her life. Right now she's been able to fit one of those squishy cows into Ashton's hood. Uh, maybe both are both of those cows in there? Okay. She's been able to find a way to put both of those cows into Ashton's hood. Lexi, let me ask you one question. How are you feeling today? Mm, good. That's what I was going to guess. Because you look great. You look fantastic. It doesn't look like you were battling for your life at any time. Uh, you wouldn't remember any of that time, but Nicole, thinking back about it now, what's it like to look at Lexi and and think that's the way things started? We are just so proud of how far she's come with everything. Um, she's definitely a fighter. They called her feisty when she was born, and she's still as feisty as the day she was born. So, So she is in the neonatal intensive care unit can you hold a baby who is in the neonatal intensive care unit so i had to wait 24 days before i could hold her for the first time um it was about the day after she came off her um ventilator she was put on to a less invasive uh breathing apparatus which is called a cpap machine um, they're just basically the same as like an adult CPAP machine for snoring, um, but it's extra small and extra cute on the babies. And it was Christmas Eve, and that was the first time I got to hold her. That's not a bad present. No, it was the best present ever. <laughs> How were you doing at that point? Um, okay. Physically? I was better. Um, it was a bit of a longer recovery than with, obviously, a normal pregnancy. Um, but... She was worth every minute of it. Did you have to come back after the the hundred and how many days? Hundred and nine days. Hundred and nine um, days. We had numerous follow up appointments with the developmental follow up clinic, and she also um, used the Thames Valley Children's Center quite a bit. Um, with she had speech and language therapy, uh, physical therapy, and occupational therapy to get her um, on track for when she started kindergarten a couple years ago. Um, so all the services that this money goes, goes towards are phenomenal. And as you can see, help get her to where she is today. <laughs> Lexi has uh, as much energy as anybody I've ever met. We need to bottle <laughs> some of that. We need we need that for, you know, grown-ups, we, we lose energy at the end of the day. We get tired. I would love to have some of your energy. How's school going, Lexi? Any Good. breaking moves at school, anything like that? No. Okay, well... You guys bring Dr. Barry Good to school? Yeah. Mm, yes. You guys brought the Dr. Barry Good? Mm -hmm. I mean, right here, we've got kind of Dr. Barry Good sitting beside us, who's a little teddy bear. Is this what you're talking about? You brought this doctor? Mm -hmm. You brought mm -hmm. the Dr. Barry Good? Life-size Dr. Barry Good? What was that like? Mm. Awesome. How great are his hugs? He was flossing and dabbing on the stage. Nice. <laughs> if anyone was going to learn to do that, it was going to be him. Well, Ashton, Lexi, Nicole, thank you for sharing your story, and thank you for letting us know the magic that happens here. <laughs> Thanks. Nicole, Lexi, and Ashton, our first guests on London Live. We have more guests to come, and again, that's just one of the stories 
It's an amazing story. And it doesn't happen without having a little tiny neonatal intensive care unit with all kinds of great technology, a CPAP machine for babies. Who would think this up? Well, somebody did, and it made a difference in Lexi's life. one 5537 It's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can text the word CHILD to 41010, and you can donate 10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation. Make a one-time donation, sign up for as little as $10 a month, and you'll be changing lives like Nicole's and Ashton's and Lexi's in the future. We'll take a break on London Live. More to come in a moment. You're listening to Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. We continue to tell incredible stories as you, thank you, continue to help to make the Children's Hospital what it is. The donations that are coming in have been amazing. So thank you. If you have just picked up that phone, one 540 kids That's one 540 kids For as little as $10 a month, think of streaming services. You don't even see that going in and out. I don't even have to tell you how many coffee a month you are going through right now and how few it would take to match $10 a month. You can text CHILD to 41010 and that allows you to donate $10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation. Joining us right now is somebody who, well, he's become pretty famous to tell you the truth. Um, the London Lightning were playing last night, went to double overtime against Windsor and our good buddy Joey was there uh you're a guy who uh who tends to have that energy any anything in that that maybe helped them to win in double overtime did you did you hope really really hard i don't know were you flossing on the court am i the only guy that doesn't know how to floss do i need to learn joey yes yeah well, I know that you're very good at it. Joey does some uh, some work as a, do we call you mascot for the London Lightning? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. How are things going otherwise? Good. Yeah, you look great. Thanks. Yeah, life's going okay? Yes. So other than being the London Lightning mascot, what else are you up to these days? Uh, I'm the London, I, I'm London's 2000. 19 Children's Miracle Network Champion Child. That's what I was hoping you'd talk about, because sitting right beside Joey right now is a massive belt. Um, it's as big as I've ever seen, and it has Joey on it. It is pretty phenomenal. Any wrestler would have trouble winning a belt that was this big. Any boxer would have trouble winning a belt that is this big. But you've been through quite a fight, so uh, you're well-deserving of this belt right here. Joey, what was it like to be named the 2019 champion? It was really fun. Did you know it came with a belt? I, I didn't know, but my uncle and my family paid for it and my uncle and my dad um made it and so i like they got this for a gift for me for being a champion and they got it for me the day that i um was um that i was being crowned the champion phenomenal 
Absolutely phenomenal. Well, that is a one-of-a-kind belt, absolutely. Joey's dad, Scott, is here. And, Scott, let's, uh, let's talk about the belt and what has created this belt, the fight that Joey has been through. This hasn't been an easy few years. No, absolutely not. It's It's been five years of really crazy ups and downs. So the, the belt's kind of recognition of him being the champion with the, the hospital for the for the year. And it, uh, it recognizes the four partners that really got Joey to this part. So we've got a, a, a spot there that's got our Joey logo from five years ago. We did T-shirts and, and, uh, and bracelets. We've got the Hospital Foundation logo. We've got the Miracle Network logo. And then we've got the, the Lightning logo. So just uh, all of the, the partners, really, that have become family to us um, throughout our journey. So you know, Joey was diagnosed in, in 2013 with leukemia. And it's, it's terrifying when a child is, is diagnosed with, with something that scary. Cancer is a scary word for adults. Um, and so to have a, a four-year-old diagnosed with cancer is, is absolutely terrifying and heartbreaking. What do you tell them? Or how do you tell them? We just told him he was really sick and that uh, he's going to have some really gross medicine and some nasty times in the hospital that, uh, that was eventually going to make him better. Uh, and so you sit down and um, our, our child life specialist really helped huge with that. Uh, Deborah was there from day one explaining procedures and protocols and you know, for a four-year-old to be able to understand, and then as us as adults, gives us a piece to go. Oh, okay, this is this is our new normal. This is something we're going to have to deal with, but we're going to get through it. And there's 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 a finish line. There's something on the other side of this. There's there's a victory to this battle. When a parent hears not just leukemia but acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is what Joey was diagnosed with, what do you do? Do you immediately run to the internet and Google? Or do you stay away from doing that? Do you yeah. ask doctors? We, we, we're advised against Googling anything. You know, if you've got a cold and you check it out on, you know, WebMD, you, you think you're dying. So we, we stayed away from it, knowing it was a pretty significant uh, diagnosis. So we sat down with our oncologist, Dr. Zorzi, within the first day, and uh, she explained to us what it was. And, you know, it's it's a treatable form of cancer, uh, but it's a three-year process to actually get through all of the treatment. So within about six months, he was in clinical remission. So all of the chemo had worked. Um, but then it's another two and two years and a bit after that of, of, of treatment and protocol. So she explained all of that to us and, you know, said to the best of her ability, Joey was going to be okay. Um, it's, it's a 95% success rate. And so we were very fortunate to, to be in that 95%. And so now we're two years off treatment and Joey's doing fantastic today. He's, you know, to look at him, he's, you know, anything but normal, but it's not because of the cancer. It's because Joey's crazy. So. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard stories, Joey, about, oh, I don't know, because they're legendary. You realize this, uh, water pistols, uh, nurses who don't know where you're coming from or when that might be. Uh, you've had some fun here, haven't you? Yes. Okay, what, what's the, the wildest thing you think you did? Would it be a water fight? Oh, um, oh wow. So Tell me about that. I hid syringes under my blanket, like a whole whack of them, and I put water in them. And uh, I, um, you know how there's like this little buzz thing where you can buzz nurses down to your room? That little button on beside your bed? Yeah, okay. So you push that. I buzzed, I buzzed it a lot so that a lot of nurses would come down and I would squirt a lot of them because I they would squirt me and I would squirt them uh, wow well Joey uh, this this was while you were getting treatment yes okay uh, so well I was up in the um, hospital bed 
yeah, you're you're thinking of ways that you can make nurses' lives more exciting. Yes. Yeah, because that, that's what it was, right? It was it was to make things more exciting. Yes. Yeah. And more fun. Well, speaking of your life getting more fun, more exciting, um, you go to Children's Hospital this week, which is presented by uh, or Children's Hospital Week, which is presented by Walmart, and you're off to Disney in Orlando. Uh, you ready for that? Uh, kind of. Yeah? I'm super excited. I've never been to Florida, and I can't wait to see Disney World. It will be cool to meet all the other champions and hear their stories, too. Yeah. Well, you have an incredible story, and I am so glad that you stopped by to tell it today. Congratulations on being named the 2019 champion. That belt, that belt is Absolutely remarkable. I mean, can I take a picture of it and tweet it out so that everybody else can see how great that belt is? Yes. Okay. Well, Joey, Scott, thank you so much for being here today. Enjoy Florida, okay? Don't take too many long pants or sweatshirts or anything like that. Hopefully you've got better weather than we've had here. I hope so. Hope so. Joey and Scott, I will tweet that out at Stubbs980. But again, one of those stories that is made possible by the work of the healthcare professionals here. Nurses who had to learn to dodge syringe water while making their rounds. But in the end, it shows off the spirit that Joey has and what he's been able to do in beating cancer. If you would like to help, please, it's as easy as picking up the phone. one 844 5437. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. It's for as little as $10 a month. You will not notice it coming in or out of your account. You can also text CHILD to 41010 to donate $10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation. More to come when we continue on London Live. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. We are at the Children's Hospital, and the sun just came out. I don't think it's a coincidence. That's the kind of thing that Andrea and Jen do every day. They show up at a spot, and the sun is always shining. Look at this. This is this is nice. This is very good. We've got Nico here helping to manage things as well, so I want to thank Nico for all of his hard work today. We are here for the Chorus Radiothon for Children's. And we are raising money for the Children's Health Foundation and all of the work that the Children's Hospital does. And we're going to be talking with Andrea and Jen about the parent mentor program that has been going on. And it was something that if you were listening about five, six minutes ago, Scott, Joey's dad, actually pointed to and how helpful it was for their family. But here's the thing. We do need your help. We have some of the best care anywhere. And you only realize that when you need it. And that's, that's one of those things. You've got to get right up close to it to realize just how great it is. And to get right up close to it, sometimes, sometimes that presents a big challenge. But when that challenge arrives, you want to know that, hey, if this piece of equipment can help in the diagnosis, if this piece of equipment can help in the treatment, if this professional can have a look, you want to know that that's available, right? And that's the luxury that we have. But it's thanks to donations on days like today that we get the tip top, that we get the best of the best. And here's the easiest thing to do in the world. 
all you have to do in order to help out in something like this is to pick up a telephone, and it's not even really a telephone anymore. Pick up your phone. Just click it. Get off the lock screen. Find the phone icon and call 1-844-550-5437. That's 1-844-550-5437. It can be made even easier if I tell you it's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can find all that information, that phone number, at our website at 980cfpl.ca. And for as little as $10 a month, you can make a big difference. You just sign up, donate $10 a month. It will just come out. You won't even see it. You won't even know it's missing, and it will be making a difference day after day after day. Joining us right now to talk about the Parent Mentor Program, we have Jen Banting, and we have Andrea Orsini. How are things? Good. 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 Thank you for having us yeah, here today, Mike. Excited to be here. Yeah. Well, let's begin by finding out a little bit more about the Parent Mentor Program. Andrea, tell us what it is. Well, actually, Mike, we always have to explain what we do because um, it's not always evident. And parent mentors help client and families at Thames Valley Children's Center to really navigate the school uh, system so that they can effectively and positively advocate for their own children. Um, what's really unique about parent mentors is, though, that we are parents of children with disabilities and special needs. Um, my connection to Thames Valley Children's Center is my oldest daughter, Sarah, who was accessing um, services at Thames Valley Children's Center since she was probably 18 months old, um, up until she turned 18. She's now 22, so um, we've gone through uh, that we've had all that life experience, and I think that's the part that parent mentors do. We have a lived experience, um, and we um, didn't sign up for this role. So we're navigating a school system. We don't have a background in education, but we do have a background in, in, in raising our children and, and coming up through the school system. We can offer parents a listening ear um, and help them feel not alone um, and feel heard. And really beyond that too, we want to help them set goals so that they can um, talk to us about brainstorming about next steps with their school. Well, that's sometimes the best way to go about it. Someone who's been there, someone who has been through it. Jen, maybe you can tell us about your connection. Sure. So, um, again, as Andrea said, it's our experience and knowledge that we're bringing to the table. So, my son, Noah, uh, who is going to be 20 this year, had uh, been a part of Thames Valley Children's Center again since he was around a year and 18 months old. Uh, he has cerebral palsy, hydrocephalus, vision, and hearing impairment. So, we're also tied to Children's Hospital. So, today's event's a very important event for all of us. Um, our first-hand knowledge in navigating the school system complements the knowledge that families are bringing to us in our role as parent mentors. They know most about their child and the school knows about the education system. So we support families in developing effective communications, uh, including preparing for meetings, uh, doing research to understand their processes, school acronyms, and uh, when thinking about school, we like to ask families, uh, what is this going to look like for your child when they're in school? What, it, what is this going to look like in the classroom? What is this going to look like during transition time? And when you're discussing your child um, with the school and sharing information about your child, we also ask you to look at what does that information look like? Are you saying my child is nonverbal or are you saying my child communicates with facial expressions and body language? You need to personalize it. Really let them get to know who your child is. They look much different uh, on paper than they do when you get to know a kid in the classroom. 
So we want them to be able to communicate with us, and sometimes we're just parent venters. We're someone that people call, and we've been down a similar road, had had a similar journey, and we're also here to just listen. Fantastic. We're talking with Andrea Orsini and Jen Banting. How does someone get involved with something like okay, this? Okay, so, so at uh, Thames Valley Children's Center, um, they if they're already a client there, um, they, they can have, be referred through either a social worker or a therapist that they're already working with, um, or else um, they can just directly call us. Um, we have uh, our number and our email address is on our website. You can find us on tvcc.on.ca. Um, and really, what's really exciting now is that Jen, who's kind of the mastermind behind our Facebook and Twitter, so uh, we have parents contacting, contacting us daily on those sites, uh, and it allows us to reach a larger number of families because Thames Valley Children's Center covers a large area, not just London and Middlesex, so we really want to be able to reach those families where they're at. Um, and sometimes uh, one call is enough. They might contact us. Otherwise, sometimes um, it could be a transition or something that's really changed um, for their child at school, perhaps a new diagnosis or preparing for a school meeting. And we can help them through that. And we will often go to school meetings with families, really as an extra set of ears, um, take notes and debrief afterwards. We want to emphasize, too, though, we are supporting families to be advocates for their own children. We aren't advocates. So um, we want to um, build on the capacity to be able to do that for their own for their own children um, and do that with somebody that's been through that as well. Um, since the beginning of 2008, parent mentors have been partially funded through the Thames Valley District School Board. Um, and we're continuing to be funded through the Children's Health Foundation. Um, but it was really about linking it families and engaging families so that they feel part of their child's team at school. And um, that's what we continue to do. Well, so. thank you for the work in doing this because it's one of those things that helps everything to move so smoothly. It's one of the things that you bring so much expertise to. And without you... Uh, I mean, when you guys started with your own kids, this this kind of thing wasn't necessarily there. It made it much more challenging, I would bet. Yes, and, and I think, too, I think about the own mentors I had um, going through this process. And it's really about being proactive and trying to just find out a little bit ahead of what's going what's on the horizon. And as Jen, we, we often say we're going to get T-shirts made with what's this going to look like for my child. And I think that that's really, um, what, if we can help families just a little bit um, in looking ahead and planning for those goals for their children. So. Well, thank you again. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a oh, part of this thank day. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Anything else that we should know before we let you go? I just want to, and Andrea and I talked about you. We want to thank the listeners for their continued support and the school board for their partnership. We want to thank everyone for helping improve the lives of children. <laughs> thank you, Children's Health Foundation. And thank you, Chorus and its listeners, for supporting life-enhancing care at Children's. Well, thank you. <laughs> we'll take a break. This is the Chorus Radiothon. Again, 1-844-550-KIDS. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. Back with more in a moment on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Here's a little question for you. What in this area serves more than 2.3 million people? 2.3 million people. It's in this area. How about the Children's Hospital? That is the number. And they only do that with the help of whether it's donations, whether it is government-funded programs. They don't 
just do it because it can happen. It isn't easy. And it definitely isn't free. We've got a phenomenal healthcare system. And it's thanks to people like Jamie and Anna who have stopped by today. What brings the two of you here today, Anna? Um, so Children's Health uh, Foundation and the Children's Hospital is very special to us. Uh, three years ago this week, our son was born three months premature. Um, he was less than two pounds when he was born. And he spent 81 days in the NICU upstairs. Um, so... We brought him along with us today. He's over playing with the Play-Doh, uh, but he's a healthy, happy three-year-old now. And so we came down here today. We're from Donaldson Heating and Air Conditioning. We brought a donation with us today. Every February going forward, we're um, donating a portion of our profits from our company every year. And it just so happened that it corresponded with the Radiothon this year, so we thought we'd come down and do it. Um, so we uh, brought a donation with us today just to support the hospital, to support the kids, to support the tiny little babies, um, which we're really, really happy to do. That is amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing that. Yes. What was it about the care that you received that has you doing this? Because it would be one thing to say, thank you very much for the care. Have you seen our son? He's making, I think he's got an airplane running around right now. Um, but instead, you've decided to come and give back. What makes you want to do that? We were just so lucky. Um, we live not even five minutes from here, and this is one of the best hospitals in Ontario for children. And we really do believe if we weren't here when he was born, he wouldn't be here today. He wouldn't be the healthy boy he, wa he is now. Um, the staff was incredible. The nurses up in the NICU, the doctors, um, we still keep in touch with some of them. Um, they become like family when you're here for three months from morning till late at night, every single day, day in, day out. The staff was just incredible. And we know that without some of the equipment that he had, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be as healthy as he is now. Well, thank you for being as generous as you have been today. And uh, I'm happy to hear that the story has turned out happily ever after. In fact, we've got another mom and a daughter who also were in the NICU unit. They're coming up next on London Live. All the best. Thank you. Thank you very much. We will return with more in a moment. Thank you to Anna and to Jamie. This is London Live. You're listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL. We are at the Children's Hospital. We are in the atrium. It's as beautiful as ever. When you need to come and see it, it does blow your mind. But you know what? As much as the atrium is great, if you go beyond that, if you have to go beyond that, it's, uh, it's pretty great to know the kind of care that you can get. We were just talking with Anna. She and Jamie had stopped by to make a donation simply because their son had been in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, and they had received such great care that he's running around here. I, I think I just saw him zoom by. <laughs> and they felt that they wanted to come back and tell their story. And you know what? The neonatal intensive care unit has so many incredible stories, and we're looking at one of those stories right now. I want you to picture one of the cutest children <laughs> you've ever seen. Her name is Hallie. And her mom's name is Megan. Megan, how old is Hallie now? She's 14 months. 14 months. Now, when you have a baby that is born...
premature. Do you start counting their birthday from that very day? Do you wait until the due date? What do you do? Usually with a baby as early as Hallie, they start um, doing corrected age. So until they turn two, they use the birth date they were supposed to have. So she has now been out kind of breathing on her own, born for 14 months. Yep. Wow. She's, yeah. And she looks fantastic. Right now, Hallie's having what appears to be the most delicious cookie <laughs> anyone could ever eat. She's, uh, it used to be a lot bigger. Now it's very, very tiny. You have to tell us, Megan, about this experience because you were at a mall, were you not? I was. I was doing picking out some um, Christmas outfits for a photo shoot with my kids for Christmas cards. And my water broke as soon as I left the maternity store. And I did not need that maternity outfit anymore. <laughs> now... This wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't like no. you were you were straining through you were nine months pregnant and straining to get around that maternity store. No, you weren't expecting this at all. So yeah. what did that do to you? Yeah, I was um, I, I was totally shocked, um, but kind of not. I had felt like something wasn't right my whole pregnancy, but medically everything checked out. So um, when my water broke, I was 23 weeks, and I was automatically completely panicked. <laughs> And not long after that... So five days later, um, Hallie was born. She was 820 grams and um, 12 inches long. Okay, I'm trying so, to picture that. 820 grams sounds very small. Just over half the size of what a like length of a regular baby, and she was one pound and 13 ounces. <laughs> and what happens then? Yeah, I wasn't really sure. I didn't even know babies this young survive. Um, and it was pretty, I was warned for most of our early NICU stay that there was going to be a lot of ups and downs. And there's no really, no real way to prepare for that until you're in the downs. And <laughs> it's terrifying. Now, you would like to think that she was taken to the neonatal intensive care unit and everything was happily ever after. Yeah. Uh, she's got a long list of things that she overcame. Yeah. So I think, um, well, the first three or four days were really touch and go in terms of, you know, they had her intubated and she was on uh, high oxygen levels and things like that. But um, everything appeared to be stable, you know, to uh, somebody like me who's not experienced with the NICU. And um, around three weeks old, we get a call. I had just ran home to visit my other two kids at home um, and she was on 100% oxygen and they weren't sure if she was going to make it. And I was not prepared for a low like that. I was thinking, you know, oh, she might get a cold or, you know, I wasn't expecting anything like that. It was the worst day of my life. <laughs> what did you do when you um, I probably ran a few red lights and <laughs> got here. And I had to call my husband and get some care for my other kids. And it was just, I think, like just watching them work on her to get her, you know, taking in enough oxygen so she can, you know, it doesn't affect her brain. It was just, I, I was hysterical. <laughs> so and yet... Again, we're looking at Hallie, and she's got a great necklace on. She finished the cookie. (laughs) Cookie is completely gone. Don't worry, Hallie. There are more where that came from. But she's great. She's developmentally hitting all of her milestones. We have no, you know, expected delays. Um, She's doing amazing. (laughs) She just had her eye checkup this morning. All is well. When did you let yourself believe that that could be a possibility? Uh, I think like a week before we were discharged. Like I remember I kept saying to my husband, like, I can't even set anything up because I feel like she's not coming home with us until like we moved to the infamous pod A, which is just working on like the feeding and growing is when I started believing like, oh, we're actually taking this little girl home. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. She's pretty feisty. 
Well, you know what? Yeah, I, I think that might continue. You ready yes. for that? Have Have you talked to anybody who has had a, a premature baby who has turned into a teenager? And well, I mean, I talked to Lexi's mom with little preemie Lexi that was in here earlier, and I, she's pretty feisty too. So <laughs> I feel like it might be a trait. They'll run the world one yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> Ali, I can't wait for that day. Megan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Megan and Hallie, again, the number is one 5437 We have told some incredible stories already, and we still have more stories to come after news. one 550 kids And for only $10 a month, you can make that big difference because we didn't even get into all of the machines that were monitoring Hallie. We didn't even get in to all of the technology that helped her to get to where she is right now, having enjoyed a delicious cookie and set to do some pretty big things in this world. You can make that happen. $10 a month at 844-550-KIDS. That's 844-550-KIDS. Or you can text... CHILD, C-H-I-L-D, to 41010. And that allows you to donate $10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation. News is next. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. We are at the Children's Hospital, and we have more incredible people to meet. In fact, I've been looking forward to seeing these people. I haven't seen you guys in about uh, five days, maybe, uh, maybe four and a half. Kiana, Emily, Sarah, I haven't seen for a while because Sarah's been away. Here's what we are doing today. It is the Chorus Radiothon for Children's. And we have such tremendous care that goes on day after day after day. We don't even realize it. Somebody like Kiana can tell us a story about day after day after day because she sees the magic inside the walls of this hospital pretty much on a daily basis. And we'll get to that story in just a moment. But because of the ability of this hospital, Kiana is able to do some pretty remarkable things and has made use of some pretty remarkable health care. In order to do that, we do need to raise money from time to time. And today is that day. We won't be here doing this tomorrow. We're not going to be here doing this the next day. But today is one of those days when we're asking you to help out so that for the next 365 days, because leap years don't arrive until, I think the next one's 2020 and 2024. So those are the next two leap years. We're asking for your help today. $10 a month at 1-844-550-5437. That's 1-844-550-KIDS can help in ways that you can't even imagine. You can text CHILD to 41010 and you can donate $10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation and we can have more phenomenal stories like Kiana's. So, Kiana, how you been? I'm good. I saw Kiana last, I think it would have been last Friday, was it? Friday night? So it's been a week. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we keep in touch. We talk pretty much every week when the Knights play. Yep. Uh, Knights play tonight against Owen Sound. you have a good feeling about this? Yes. Good. We are, we are going to win. Nice. Nice. I shouldn't even have to go then. You sound so convincing. We should just wait for Owen Sound to leave the two points by the door. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. Well, we get to tell your story. Instead of you and I sitting and talking London nights or talking about what your parents are doing or what Emily's doing or what you're doing, skiing, things like that, we get to actually talk about a pretty remarkable story. You've got to help me out with something. 
Kiana, you were diagnosed with, and I can get the first two, focal segmental, but I, I can't get the third one. Glumier sclerosis. Of course. This is a word that would knock people out of a spelling bee, and yet you just say it like it's, it's one, two, three. Uh, yep. You've gotten to know this word pretty well. How come? I am going to hand it over to mom. Is that okay? <laughs> you can. You can. Sarah, you also know the word pretty well. I do know the word pretty well. Um, unfortunately, I didn't know the word pretty well uh, six years ago when Kiana was diagnosed with it because it only affects about one in 100,000 people. It's not a lot of people. No, it's not a lot of people at all. And all of a sudden, your daughter is one of the one in 100,000. Exactly, yes. What does it mean? So, uh, focal mental glomerulosclerosis is uh, basically spilling protein out of your kidneys, and eventually your kidneys get scarred too much that you actually uh, end up on dialysis, which is Kiana's on right now. So, visits to the hospital, Kiana, how many days out of a usual week would you stop in here? I come here like once a month normally. Once a month now? Now, once a month. Okay, when it first started, how how often? Would it be a little more regular? Six days. Six days a week? Six days yeah. out of seven? Yeah. So you got to know this place pretty well. Yeah. You like it? It's okay. Yeah. It's also fun. <laughs> See, there's a word that we don't necessarily expect. You wouldn't necessarily expect fun in a hospital to go hand in hand. But you know what? Children's Hospital finds a way to make that happen. So, Sarah, Kiana is diagnosed with... Let me try it. Focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. Close enough. Clo okay. <laughs> I'll get it before the, the end of our talk today. Um, when you first heard about it, when you first found out about it, obviously you get to know that it's serious. You get to know that there are issues with Kiana's kidneys. What was your initial hope? Was there a, a silver lining somewhere? So I think the silver lining would be a transplant that works, but... Um, we just, you know, trust our medical team here to help us out and to keep Kiana uh, active and living life and to the fullest. Okay. Now, you've had a point where you did get a match for a transplant. Yes, we did. And unfortunately, the disease came back right away. And uh, we lost the transplant and ended up on dialysis six days a week for about eight months. Now, when it first started... Dialysis meant coming in here. Kiana, you just said that you only come in here about once a month, but that doesn't mean that that's the only treatment that you get. What would a typical day of treatment have for you? What do you have to do? Um, so I have a port, which is pretty much like there's a disc inside of my skin, and they put a needle into you, and then they can take blood work, put fluids in it, and I have to come and get a flush into it because you don't want it to close and lose all your veins. No, I can see that for sure. So having that in you, what, what was it like getting used to that? Is it is it something that you don't mind after a while? Feels like no. part of you or is it yeah, something? Yeah, it just feels like a part of you. It does, doesn't, you don't really feel anything. And then you do home dialysis now? Yes. So how does that work? Um, so I get hooked up to machine every night for t 10 hours and nine cycles. And this happens overnight while you're sleeping? Yes. Pretty and, magical. Um, if it beeps, then I have a little bell that I can ring, and Mom and Dad can come in. Okay. 
So you're you're listening for beeps. Sarah, how do you sleep through the night knowing that, wait a minute, there, was that a beep? Was that... How do you do it? Right. So some nights it won't beep at all, but other nights it's constantly beeping and you have to go in there and like make sure the machine's okay, make sure Kiana's okay. And so naps in the afternoon are sometimes needed. Why would it beep? What's happening? So it has a lot of safety features in it to keep uh, Kiana safe during the night because obviously you're not monitoring it. It's supposed to be used at night while she sleeps. So if there's air in the line or... If you forgot to unclamp something or if Canna rolls over on it and pinches the line, then it will go off. And that's something that can happen naturally. I mean, none of us stay in one position when we're sleeping. No. Uh, like last night, for example, um, the machine said, uh, I think, slow, slow full. Um, and that I don't know what that means, <laughs> but like... Um, it also had to warm the solution because it fills me up with solution. Okay. And if it's not warm, like it's like it has to be your body heat temperature, and you want it to be that because if it's cold, it, you're going to feel that cold in your body. Right. What you don't want. Wow. We're talking with Kiana and Sarah. Emily's here as well. And we're learning more about focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. Closer? Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm almost, sort of. Kiana's giving me the, you're almost there. Well, we're almost finished in time, but I want to talk, Kiana, about the things that you're able to do. You you ski with this. Yes. You ski. Yes. And horseback ride. And horseback ride, even with this. When you come here for treatment, what do you wind up doing when you're here? A VR. Oh, a little virtual reality? Yes. Oh, yeah? Yes. I've never tried that. It's fun. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah? And my doctor, actual um, Dr. Filler, also tried it. Okay. Yeah. So what kind of VR? What's happening when you put the so, headset on? So um, it, like, you go to, like, a different world. You also hear, like, fun songs or, like, fun tunes in your head, which <laughs> is nice. So it's relaxing. Okay. And this is just part of the treatment? Yeah. This is just one of those things that the children's hospital happens to have, because you could easily sit in the chair and stare at the wall, I bet. Yeah. But you don't have to. No. All right. Well, hey, I know I'm going to see you very soon, so thank you for coming by and telling your story. Really appreciate it. And you, you still have that good feeling about the London Knights tonight? Yep. Knights are going to win? Yep. Leave the two points at the door? Yep. Okay. Canna's got the feeling. Canna, Sarah, Emily, thank you. We'll see you very soon. One eight four four five five zero kids. That's one eight four four five five zero kids. Kiana just described one of those things that money can help to purchase, whether it is a tiny, tiny blood pressure monitor for a preemie, or whether it is a VR headset so that somebody doesn't have to stare at a wall while they go through what they have to go through when they come to Children's Hospital. It's as easy as ten bucks a month. It really is. And this is the day we ask. So if you don't do it today, this is not going to be happening tomorrow or the next day. Now is the time to get signed up and really help us to make a difference because that's what the Children's Hospital does and that's what you'll be doing. 1-844-550-5437. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. You can find all the information at our website at 980cfpl.ca or you can text CHILD to 410 410- one zero. That's four one zero one zero to donate ten dollars or twenty five dollars right now to the Children's Health Foundation. London Live continues in a moment. This is Global News Radio nine eighty CFPL. I want to thank Huron Flooring because 
they are matching donations this hour. So if you call right now and make a donation, every single phone donation made until 3 o'clock will be matched up to a maximum of $1,000 by our good friends at Huron Flooring. Thank you, Huron Flooring. And that means your donation has double the impact. And we already have seen the impact that it can make. We've already talked about things like the neonatal intensive care unit. Some of the things that Kiana has been able to go through with dialysis that allow her not to have to come in six out of seven days a week, but just every month or so and just have a checkup, make sure things are okay. So please, if you're going to donate now, we can actually take advantage of the generosity of Huron Flooring and we can double that donation. 1-844-550-5437. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. And that is lasting through until 3 o'clock. All right, another great friend of ours has been able to stop by. This is London Live. My name is Mike Stubbs. Owen Gillett is with us. And Owen, I know you were watching the Austin Matthews, I guess, contract talks pretty closely. Uh, I know one day you'll probably be making $11.634 million a year. Uh, what do you think? Is he worth that much? I think so. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good future for the Leafs. Are you feeling Stanley Cup? Uh, not this year, but maybe in the future. Okay, not this year. So that's that's good. Leaf fans probably need to hear that because, I don't know, some Leaf fans tend to get parades going. Are you somebody who can see a parade but you're not... You're not planning it right now. Yeah, exactly. Turn left onto Carlton, things like that. Okay, well, then we don't have to worry about that. Owen, let's talk about you and your life and some of the things that you have done here at the Children's Hospital. Do you remember the first time you popped in here? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Right around, oh, I don't know, birth, right? Mm -hmm. When would you say that you did start remember coming here? Uh, I would say around when I was starting school. Okay. Most likely. So, yeah, four or five years old. Yeah. And what would you do? Uh, just going for regular tests, such as go see a doctor for an ECG and an echocardiogram, and then just regular checkups from there. And at that point, did you realize that that wasn't something everybody did? I mean, your sister Grace wasn't necessarily doing it, but did it yeah. seem pretty normal? It seemed normal to me. I just thought every kid kind of went to the doctors every six months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, some people do, and it's nice to have them here for when you need it. Now, if I can try and describe what you were coming here to have looked at. When you were born, do we describe it as, as your heart? Half of it was the right size, and half of it was just not as big as it needed to be? Uh, underdeveloped. Underdeveloped. Okay. See, I yeah. knew you'd know a better word than I knew. Underdeveloped. So that's what you were dealing with. Yeah. When you were coming here at four and five, you probably didn't know that. When did you start learning what it was that was going on inside your body? I would say maybe when I was like eight, maybe, possibly. Yeah. Possibly eight. And what's that make you feel like? Honestly, I didn't think about it too often or much. I just, I felt like I was kind of fixed and like still healthy. So yeah. I felt fine. And you're a guy, you play hockey. Yeah. Right? Still? Uh, not this year. Not this year. Okay. But hopefully next year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Run. Yeah. Yeah. 
And how have all those things been going? Very well. Yeah? yeah. Now, what position did you play in hockey? I played uh, left wing. Left wing. Ah. And you were the guy who, who what, defensive forward or offensive forward? I'd say a playmaker, probably. Playmaker? Okay. All right. Very good. Kind of some, I guess Austin Matthews has a little bit of it. We haven't even talked Mitch Marner yet. He's the guy who's the playmaker. Do they have to sign him before the end of the season? Ooh, most likely. Yeah, I think it's probably probably good. It won't be easy. Yeah. You're somebody, though, that has been able to take advantage of, of what is offered here at Children's. What is it like to come here on a regular basis? It's just kind of a normal welcoming feeling where they just a regular, like, hello, greeting, and then you go into your regular checkups like nothing's new kind of thing. Do you get to know people pretty well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I knew a few of my nurses pretty well. However, some now... As I'm getting older, they're not there as often, so it's newer people, so I don't know them as well. It's a little different. So now that you're 15, how often do you wind up coming in for checkups? Uh, every six months. Every six months still. Yep. And same sort of thing, ECG, echocardiogram? Yeah. Are you now the guy who can pick up your results and pretty much know what's going on based on <laughs> what the sheets say? Uh Kind of a little bit, but not really. <laughs> now, has this caused you to want to get into healthcare at all? A little bit. I'd like to do something in the medical field. Yeah, but I'm not sure exactly what. Ah, you're still young. You still, you still got time. Although, I guess in high school, don't they? They start knocking pretty soon, asking <laughs> what it is that that you want to do. Well, you still have time, though. Yeah. I mean, who knows what's going to happen when when you look at. at being able to come here and and you know the the atmosphere that's in here is it a friendly place you use the word welcoming is a friendly place yeah it's always a friendly greeting and they talk about your regular things like how's school going and sports and stuff like that even if you're coming here for something that you know you'd rather not have to come here for yeah i'd say so makes it all right yep yeah how's school going Pretty good. Yeah? Just finished semester one. Yeah. So. New semester starting. Do you have yeah. a decent semester? Yeah. I got English, uh, technology, music, and religion. So. Okay. All right. It's not too bad. No. This is, I'm trying to count up the number of exams there. English will definitely have an exam. A lot of homework. I don't know. What do you, what do you read in grade 10 in terms of Shakespeare? Mm, do you know? I'm not sure. No. Yeah. Uh, might be Merchant of Venice. Maybe. Might depend on the teacher. Uh, so English will have an exam. Tech probably won't have an exam. No. Music won't have an exam. Religion probably Religion will. Religion okay. So two. That's not bad. No. Yeah, this could be a great semester. Yeah. Yeah. The sun is going to shine eventually, too, in this area as well. Well, you know what, Owen? You are a tremendous example of what can be done here at this hospital. So I want to thank you for coming in and sharing the story and uh, letting us know the Leafs did the right job with Austin Matthews. Yeah. Get Mitch Marner under contract and wait a year, you say. Just That's, that's good. Yeah. We need to temper the expectations of Leaf fans, especially in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You do bleed some blue and white, though, don't you? Yeah, okay. a little bit. Yeah. Okay, good. You cheer for anybody else? Uh, I like Calgary. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, that's a good pick. That's a good Now. Could they be planning a parade this year? Uh, they have the uh, talent, I'd say, this year. Just got to focus on the defensive part. Yeah, sometimes last night they let in a few. Uh, yeah. few that probably they would want back, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, Owen, always great to see you. Thank you so much for being here.
Thank you. Owen Gillett, our guest. Remember, it is the Huron Flooring Matching Hour. They will match all donations up to $1,000, so you can make an even bigger impact. Owen was born, needed heart surgery right away. It happened. And now, hey, he's doing everything he wants to do. 1-844-550-KIDS. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can text... 41010 and just text the word child and you can make a $10 donation, a $25 donation and you help to ensure that the care that people receive in this area, all 2.3 million people who make use of the Children's Hospital and the Children's Health Foundation continues. 1-844-550-KIDS or text child to 41010 to make a $10 donation or a $25 donation to the Children's Health Foundation right now. We've got news coming up with Jake Jeffrey. We'll continue with more on London Live in just a moment. You are listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL. We are going to get a chance to meet Colton right now, who might be eating the most delicious lollipop. He, he says it's green and white flavor, which I think is probably the best lollipop combination you could ever have. We're at the Children's Hospital, and we are here for the Chorus Radiothon for Children's, and you can really help out. We're going to talk about a lot of things that helped Colton and his brother Lachlan very recently, as a matter of fact, and of course, their parents. Paige is here, and Paige will help us tell the story. Yeah. But they were helped out by the fact that we do have top-notch technology here. We do have top-notch healthcare professionals. If you could help us out, donating as little as $10 a month, you can sign up. It can be debited from your account. You won't even see it happening. You won't even realize it. We compared it earlier to streaming services. All you have to do is call 1-844-550-5437. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can go online to childhealth.ca slash radiothon. Or maybe even easier, go to our website, 980cfpl.ca. We've got all of the information there. Because, as we've said, you don't know the miracles that go on. You don't know how important health care is, how accessible it is, how good it is until you need it. And sometimes you need it for one of your children and you might think, wow, I'm glad it was there. And then all of a sudden, you need it again for your other child. And Paige, that's <laughs> kind of what you yeah. went through. Yeah, we figured we were done with the first one, and then the second one came along. <laughs> and two very different two things very different, yeah. brought you here. Yep. Why don't we begin with Colton, who yeah. is now about to turn three, yep. and uh, definitely looks every part of three right now as <laughs> that he, he does. dances, runs, and continues with the green and white flavored lollipop. <laughs> what brought you here? Yeah, so it all started at about six months. Um, he started having what we thought were seizures, um, but we couldn't quite describe it properly, so we came and saw a neurologist, and they have been amazing. He was diagnosed at 18 months with epilepsy here at the Children's Hospital after a three-day EEG stay, and uh, they've been amazing. They follow him ever since. They make sure we're on the proper medication, um, and he's doing great, and yeah. He looks like he's doing even better than if there's a level above great. I yes. think Colton can hit it. He's yep. got a shirt on that reads Epilepsy Warrior. Yep. As a parent. Yes. When you see your child 
going into seizure. Yeah. What is that like? Your heart kind of drops to your stomach because uh, you, you see it enough times, but it, you never get used to it. Um, it's new normal, but it's not. Um, it's scary. It's definitely scary. Um, and then they kind of come out of it and they just want you and you just want cuddles. And yeah, it's hard. <laughs> How about for him? Yeah. Is it something that he is coming to understand yet, or is that day still so. to come? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's still to come. Um, he has what's called complex seizures, so he doesn't, he's not really aware of them, um, which kind of almost helps in a sense that he doesn't know what's happening. Um, but he will as he, as he goes older, and we do talk about it to make sure that he knows what's happening, but uh, he's not quite there yet. Now, it would be one thing to be able to say oh i know a seizure comes on tuesdays at four o'clock we'll make sure we're at the children's hospital for that time yeah doesn't quite work that way it does not no when you come to the hospital now what is it that you are doing here well, a lot of the times um, it's just a uh, specialist visit. So we see the neurologist um, who makes sure that we're on the proper medication, make sure he's not getting uh, more breakthrough seizures because of it. Um, and we're actually coming April 8th for another three-day stay to make sure he's not having more seizures and the medication is working and everything like that. So, yeah, so we, uh, we see a bunch of different people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> when you look at dealing with epilepsy, yes. what are you told you have to be ready to do or not do? Well, um, it's definitely if the seizures are prolonged, um, we need to come in um, because he already has epilepsy. A five minute seizure isn't all that scary, I guess, to them, which is scary to us as parents. But with that diagnosis, they already know what's going to happen. So um, just knowing and watching and making sure he's safe, um, making sure it's not prolonged. He comes out of it. He comes out of it properly is is the best thing we can do for him. So in terms of how it affects your life. Yes. I mean, how do you let him out of your sight? <laughs> well, he has nighttime seizures, which is scary as a parent because you put him to bed and we still have a video monitor on him, but we don't know if when we're sleeping. And, and that's what's always scared us, which is why we went the medication route because we couldn't not. And what does that mean to go the medication route? What does yeah, that allow? So, well, we kind of push back because, I mean, he is so developed and he's so advanced and that was the hardest part of getting epilepsy diagnosis was because he was so smart um it wasn't affecting him so we just kind of pushed back on the medication and he started having what's called auras so he was seeing different colors which was kind of like a prelude to a, a seizure um and we knew then we kind of had to put him on medication um so that controls the seizures um that basically tries to stop it before it happens um which for us it gets us a longer night's sleep because i'm not always checking on him to make sure um but yeah but is he able to come and tell you about auras yeah so he tells us um they're red and purple Okay. are the colors and they like to float off to his left and okay. there was about a week there that he had them and he started making stories up about them they were floating up the stairs going to nap in his bed um so we knew something was going on so we came and we actually brought him here to the er and um they sent us to an ophthalmologist to make sure that his eyes weren't affected um but they immediately started on, on medication so they called our neurologist on a sunday and she called back right away and said no this is what's going to happen so having that on staff and having it done right away is amazing we're talking with Paige about her son Colton and dealing with epilepsy and that's one thing for a family to deal with yes. 
Uh, Lachlan's here, too. And Lachlan, Lachlan just put a green soother that has a nice penguin on the end of it <laughs> yep. into his mouth. Lachlan is no stranger to the children's hospital. No. Surprisingly, we thought we were done with the first one. That was our medical journey. That was it. Um, Lachlan has a bit more of a medical journey than Colton does, and he's here a lot more often. So, yeah. So he uh, he's eight months now. Um, but he started at two weeks. Um, we, I noticed he was warm. He looks kind of pale. So I checked his temperature and it was 38 degrees. And I kind of knew, um, as a second time mom, that 38 degrees and over for a under three month old is a medical emergency. So we brought him in here and knowing that your newborn is going to have to have a lumbar puncture and a catheter and blood work is one thing. Seeing it happen is a whole other matter. So, so they, you got here, and that's that's what that's they the said protocol. Have to happen? That's the protocol. Thirty-eight degrees of fever. That's what they do for three months and under. And you know what? As as hard as it was to watch that on a little bitty baby, it it helped because he was diagnosed with meningitis from that lumbar puncture. And because he was diagnosed then, mm-hmm. how helpful was that? Uh, really helpful um, because he was going down quick uh, that night. Even after the lumbar puncture, the doctor later told us that she was really worried about him that night because his breathing started to go, everything started to go. So if we hadn't have come in immediately and they hadn't have diagnosed immediately, it could have been a lot worse. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, there would be a lot of parents who would say, well, we'll just, we'll let yes. him go. We'll, we'll let him, yes. let him see. And I see it so often. And now I'm one of those people that say, please, please, if your child under three months has a fever of 38, please bring them in. Because we didn't think anything of it, but I knew from our doctors that that had to happen. And to get that was kind of like a punch in the gut. Like you don't expect it. What was getting through meningitis like for a two week old? Yeah, it was hard. Um, he was here for two weeks, uh, and he was in isolation for two weeks because they're not sure if it was bacterial. Um, it, he tested pos- positive for viral, um, but they treated for bacterial. Um, so it was hard because you're in isolation. The nurses and doctors come in in full scrubs, masks, everything. Um, yeah, it's definitely hard, but they help so much here. They they really got us through. Having the Ronald McDonald House was so close, helped us through. Um, the nurses asked if I wanted breakfast brought the next morning after they came home from shift. It, they're great. They're, they really helped. And then meningitis. Yes. He got through that. He got through that. And then all of a sudden these purple bruises start appearing. Yeah. So he, um, he was born with kind of like a lump on his spine that if you pressed it, he would stop screaming. Um, so we weren't sure what that was about. And then the purple bruises started on the back and they would pop up and he would just scream and scream and scream. And we eventually learned that it was a severe muscle spasm. So basically the, spa- the muscles along his spine were spasming and sticking out and causing almost like a bruise on his back. Um, which I mean, for a little bitty baby is, is hard. It's hard for anyone, but for their little body is hard. So they found what they thought was a scoliosis curve. And it turns out, um, the muscles were just pulling on the spine. It was that forceful. Um, so it didn't turn out to be scoliosis and it turned out to be fixable, but it was a lot on his little body. (laughs) But again, there's an example of diagnosis. Yes. Quick treatment. Quick treatment. Yeah. They even send a physio from Thames Valley here out to Strathroy in home every week for him. It's amazing. So, yeah. Well, hey, um, you're somebody who I hope (laughs) is able to to keep telling the good news stories of what the Children's (laughs) Hospital can do. Yeah. Because you've got two great kids right here and a a great family. Thank you. Paige, thank you so much for sharing your stories today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Paige, along with Colton and Lachlan, and more stories still to come as we continue from the Children's Hospital, the Chorus Radiothon, 
1-844-550-KIDS. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can text CHILD to 41010 to donate $10 or $25 to the Children's Health Foundation. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Are you sure? Come on over. Snuggle in close. We'll make it so we can... All right, we have one more family who we get to meet and more pretty incredible stories to tell and sometimes stories that that you need to hear because that's why we come here each and every... This goes on every day. We come here each and every year for the Chorus Radiothon for Children's and we're able to, to tell some of the stories, but this stuff is happening all the time. Treatments are happening all the time. Miracles are happening all the time. And they don't just happen. They happen with your help. And if you can see it in your heart to help out, to make sure that those top-notch health professionals, top-notch equipment, top-notch diagnostics, top, top, top-notch everything continue to exist here at the Children's Hospital, then you would be doing a lot of people now and in the future really big favors. And it's very easy. $10 a month is all it would take if you want to do it that way. $10 right now, period. That's all you would have to donate. If you want to donate $10 or $25, text CHILD to 41010. That's 41010. Or you can give us a call at 1-844-550-5437. Joining us right now, we have Dub and Sari and Stella. And Stella has the best cow joke I've ever heard. I don't know if you want to tell it again. I'm My stomach still hurts. Can, can you tell it one more time, Stella? Where does a cow go on the movies? Where does a cow go on the... Here, give it one more shot. Where does a cow go on a date? Okay, all right, I'm still stumped. Where does a cow go on a date? So I'm thinking about a cow. First of all, I didn't even know that they went on dates. Uh, where does a cow go on a date? Where does a cow go on a date, Stella? The movie. <laughs> that is outstanding. Well, I love seeing that smile. Dub, do you love seeing that smile? Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about what life's been like for you guys. The last little bit's been great. A couple years ago, not so hot. Um, we got a, well, we had a little bit of a cold is what we thought, and um it turns out our, our worst fears came true, and we got the phone call that our, our daughter had cancer. She had a, acute myeloid leukemia, which is a, a rare blood cancer for kids, and uh, we needed to get to the hospital and start treatment right away. So you were seeing symptoms of a cold? Yeah, she had a run, you know runny nose, little cough. Her tonsils were swollen, and it just lasted longer than a normal cold. And that we've heard that story from several other parents that it's just it's a cold that hangs out a little bit longer. Her um, her white blood cell count was down, which is what the cancer kind of does, and um, she just couldn't kick the cold on her own. So uh, eventually our uh, home doctor said, uh, why don't you guys, you've been in you know, two or three times in the last couple of weeks, let's get you in, we'll do a blood test. And the blood test, blood test showed blast cells, which were cancer cells. Now, when you're told that as a parent, what do you do? <laughs> in my case, I curse and swear a lot. Um, and uh, you don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. We just we hopped in the car and we went straight to the hospital because they basically admitted us right away. And uh, I I have no words to express what that phone call is like. And it doesn't matter what 
what you're getting the call about cancer anything else, like i've heard so many different stories today i don't i you know I, it's just that phone call doesn't change no matter who you are so and and being able to come to a place like this where they they looked at like they started treatment that night like we were we we got the phone call on five or six o'clock and she had her first round of chemo at seven so you come in here you're obviously still filled with questions i mean that's, that's absolutely still brand new to you <laughs> yes how do you go about getting those answers how do you how do you how do you deal with this? Uh, they encourage you here to ask as many questions as possible. If you want to know something, just ask. Ask the nurses, ask the doctors, ask any. Ask the janitor. If he's walking in the room, he'll go find somebody who has an answer for you. Because there was words that are longer than the alphabet that we were hearing, and we did have a lot of questions. And they still answer questions for us even to this day. Like We're still in contact with them, email, phone calls to this day, and we've been out of the hospital for about a year now. So we've only just... We come in about every six weeks currently, and we've just finally, for the first time, made it six weeks without actually having to talk to anybody. <laughs> so that's good you, news for us. Do you miss it? Do you almost want to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm Some days, still some here. days. Unbelievable. Um, when you look at going through that treatment, what was that like? Uh, the, Stella handled chemo very well. Um, she tolerated it very well. Other people... Other people don't. So our questions were like, okay, what's this? And, you know, what's going on tomorrow? And what should we expect? There's a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, but, yeah, it's just we, we, we kind of hang out and the nurses would come in and they were always, they say, this is what we're doing now and uh, this is what to kind of expect. Here's what to look for. We'll be back in 15 minutes to check on you. We're going to be checking, you know, blood pressure and, and pulse rate every 15 minutes for the next hour because of this type of chemo or we'll be checking something else because of that type of chemo. So it was uh, it was very helpful with us. And like I said, they they encourage us to ask as many questions as we want and they were more than willing to answer anything we ha had asked. And now you've got a little girl who's telling cow jokes. We've got a happy girl, and she's been, technically she's been cancer-free since she left the London hospital. We did get a bone marrow transplant in Toronto, and um, and then uh, now we're back underneath uh, London Hospital care. So we're, we're super happy with how they've treated us here. And we understand, I, I've done a few fundraisers to help out, and I understand, like, all the equipment that we've seen, the imaging equipment, uh, the the IV drip equipment, all of that stuff is what this today is all about. It raises funds for that kind of stuff. And it, like I've seen it all. And, and the better that stuff is, the better outcome for us. And we've, we've got a good outcome, and it'd be better if they could increase that for everybody. Well, thank you for putting faces and a picture to all of that. And that's why if you can call 1-844-550-KIDS, that's 1-844-550-KIDS, you can donate. be helping people like Stella. Donate, exactly. Hey, donate? So that more kids can tell more cow jokes. Can you say that? No? All right. <laughs> well, thank you for being thank here. Thank you. Dub, Sari, Stella, we'll be back in a moment. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Very big thank you to everybody at Children's Hospital and Children's Health Foundation for everything they do every day. Please, if you can help, 1-844-550-KIDS. That's 1-844-550-KIDS. Or you can text CHILD to 41010. Thanks to Jacqueline Carbone for her help. News is next. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL.